So I am in London on the set of Wonder Woman 1984. And yes, I know the title of this episode has to do with Marvel. I'm getting there. Calm down, grasshopper. Patience is a virtue. Is that cultural appropriation? I don't know. But either way, I'm tired of tiptoeing around these hoes. So we're getting there. But I'm on the set of Wonder Woman 84. And funny enough, it was a scene that was supposed to be in London, in DC. It's actually in reality in London, which is hilarious. And it's in the eighties, right? So there's like props everywhere and old cars and people in their costumes and super retro. And there's like a little hot dog stand. It's a whole scene. It's a scene. Well, all this chaos is going on. There's all these extras in 80s garb. There's Patty Jenkins over there. There's Pedro Pascal running around. Like it's a whole scene. And I'm sitting there with Gal Gadot and Chris Pine for our little interview. And I like to keep things lively on the sets of movies personally. It's just how I roll. So I asked them, because we know at this point, obviously Chris Pine is back for number two. I'm not staring into space, imagining him. He's sitting right there on my lap pretty much. So I'm asking them about like their sexual tension, like trying to get into the fun of it, you know, because we want to know the people want to know. Let's not bullshit. So I asked, like, is it going to be turned up? Is it going to be a little thing like Fifty Shades of Wonder Woman? What's the sitch between you two? Because it was like pretty hot and heavy with the sexual innuendos in number one, which I dig. Thank you, Patty Jenkins, for the comedic relief. And they laughed and Chris Pine even said something to the effect of like, oh yeah, like it's going to be a X-rated this one. Like, let me tell you. But even Gal Gadot, she's like, no, honestly, it just turns up in this one. And I even, in hindsight, little did I know, call, call me Socrates, call me whatever you would like. In Wonder Woman 84, it actually was risque for a superhero movie because there's like a post-sex scene, like it's lame, but still it's actually like more exciting than the bore fest snooze fest of actual 50 shades of gray but where they do like the post-sex bedroom scene and that whole thing you know what I mean so actually they weren't lying they weren't lying right so we're having a good time and here comes this reporter because how it works is it's the two actors and a group of I don't know seven eight nine ten reporters you do the math bitch and this girl asked Gal Gadot about what the significance of her character, Diana, we know who is like a feminist cultural icon, female superhero, what her role is in the Me Too movement and what it means for the Me Too movement. And I'm just like, you know, the record scratch, like we were having a good time. Really, bitch? Really? Even Gal Gadot's like this bitch right now. Are you for real? Like the audacity to ask that question. And listen, you know, I love nothing more than a good question for celebrities. I don't care what it was like working with Martin Scorsese or Tarantino. I don't care what it was like wearing that costume. I don't care what it was like. I don't care. I like the interesting stuff, but this to me isn't interesting. This is just obnoxious and woke. It's like for real, for real. First of all, Diana has nothing to do with me too. And when you go on a set visit, you can't even write about what you saw for literally sometimes two years later, because they are filming the movie. Sometimes it doesn't come out for years later. So I'm thinking to myself, like, she's asking her about Me Too now. This isn't even gonna, how is this even going to be relevant whenever the flying F this movie actually comes to our eyes? Really, girl? And so even Gal Gadot, even though she is sweet as a button, despite the fact, I know you guys all put like a 
creepy little hex on her when she did that Imagine video out of touch, I know, but still she is the sweetest Israeli woman you will ever meet, okay? And Gal Gadot gracefully, besides the fact I could tell she was like this bitch, this bitch ended up giving this like long, you know, thorough answer about like women stepping into their power, blah, 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 blah. But just like the, uh, there is a time and a place to be woke. Actually, no, there's not. Okay. And it's certainly not on a fun movie set, like Wonder Woman 84, knock it off, read the room and quit it. Don't even hit it. Just quit it. Okay. We've had enough. The audacity. Okay. So flash forward to not too long ago. And I was in London actually yet again, another full circle moment, geometry we love. And I'm on the set this time. Here we go. Marvel drum roll of black widow with ScarJo. And I'm actually, I, I think it was this scene here that just, they showed us clip of it. Actually, I think it's the frame of the new Marvel universe, uh, phase four big reveal trailer that came out a couple of days ago. Yeah. I am like the worst superhero. Can you tell? I'm like, you know, the superhero thing. So I'm going to pop it up on the screen for you. This one where she's, how do you guys describe this? I don't know. She's like on this long, this long, like thing of metal. Okay. So I was on that. And actually, after we talked to her, we actually like walked on that thing and took photos of it. And I saw a whole like little explosion. I don't know if that's spoilers, but whatever the NDA is already up. So too bad, bitch. So anyhow, we're sitting, we're talking to ScarJo and again, like hectic, you know, there's like cars driving by and there's explosions going on and there's people running the props. And then there's the craft services and there's like a porta potty nearby. Like it's a movie set, you know, you're hustling and bustling. So we're under this tent and we're waiting around. We talked to Florence Pugh as well. And how it works is like, you're kind of just sitting there hanging out, talking amongst yourselves. And the next thing you know, cause Scar uh, movie sets are very sporadic. They're not planned. It's all a big, like hosh posh, mishmash mess. Yeah. Despite the fact that they cost like billions of dollars, it's a hot ass mess, right? So next thing you know, you're eating a Twizzler and then Scar Joe's giving you a lap dance. So here comes Scar Joe. And I've talked to you guys about her before. And she's in that like costume. It's not the one in the picture I just showed you, but it's like that version. I think it was like gray. And she's like teeny, teeny, tiny, which I was surprised because she's like a curvy gal on the screen. But neither here nor there. So she sits down. And like I've said to you before, she's super thought provoking and super intellectual and mm, intentional, right? About her answers. So my friend, I'm going to give a shout out to Sade Spence. Ask her a bomb question, bomb question. Okay. And she drops it on ScarJo. And she basically asks her, you know, when you were first introduced to MCU, you were in Iron Man 2, you were kind of portrayed as this piece of meat, like this curvy piece of meat. And now you have your own movie, right? Black Widow, your own breakout movie as like a female superhero, if you will talk about that evolution, right? Stepping into your own. And it was so cool because ScarJo was like, not woke about it at all. And I don't even think the question was woke. I think it was like totally organic and real and in the moment and fair. And ScarJo ends up saying like, I love it because she's not like women can't be sex objects. No, she kind of like owned it. And she's like, yeah, actually in Iron Man too, I think they even like call her a piece of ass. And I love it. Cause she admits she's like in the moment, you know, I was younger 
And she's like, when we're young like that, we like to get compliments like that, like when we're looking good. And she's like, honestly, off the scenes, like behind the scenes, I kind of liked it. Like I liked getting that male attention and being the hot little thing, you know, whatever. And she says now, you know, I've been through life. I'm 35. I've had a child and I've grown into my womanhood more. And I know it's just not all about that. Right. Fire. Fire. I loved it again just so real, didn't sweep under the rug, the objectification, if anything owned it. And was like, we've all been there as young women. And now I'm here to there to here. Love it. Love it. There's a difference between these two examples. There's a difference, right? The in your face, forcing the woke, knock it off. And the just enough where you get to something real and interesting. So I think about all this, right? Because earlier this week, I see the big reveal, the big shebang, the MCU phase four trailer. It dropped in my inbox. It dropped in, I'm gonna, it's gonna be inappropriate and I'm not gonna do that today just yet, unless I already have blown that bubble, my bad. So now I always have that in my head because I'm like, how woke are these people going to go right and I've said this before and it's always in our heads now like we can't even enjoy anything innocently because now we're always wondering we're always wondering and clearly like I even saw it from experiences on set visits not the latter but even with Wonder Woman right the behind the scenes you know getting asked about these things and now it's coming to the screen and so you can't help but naturally wonder So we have this new slate that's come out and I can't help but think, does the woke make you broke? Especially when it comes to Marvel. I mean, who would have ever thought, who would have ever thought that Marvel would go broke? Same amount of odds, right? That somebody would actually leave Bill Gates' rich ass. Although I hope that prenup is popping, right? But you would never think. You would never think, I mean, take a look at this. And I love this in and of itself because we're coming off the heels of the Oscars and everyone and their mom was like, I have, if you, you couldn't pay me a million dollars to name one of these movies. I'm sorry, but you couldn't. No one watched them. They were a huge snooze fest, huge snooze fest. And I hate to say it, all the movies, they made it one of the Oscar inclusion requirements. You guys remember all of the movies had to have some sort of like social justice messaging. And it's like, okay, number one, no one watched the Oscars. No one, it was like the running joke of the internet. And I'm sad to say it to these artists and actors who like poured their heart and soul into them and really wanted to portray art on the big screen. But part of it is like, do we want to see this right now? Do we want to, or would we rather hear the teacher from Charlie Brown, you know, go on for a year? in waking hours and sleeping. I mean, honestly, we don't want to be bombarded with that shit right now. Right? So the unfortunate reality is no one even saw the Oscars movies. No one did. And I think when you contrast this with Marvel, it's like, yes, we don't want to see that sleepy, depressing shit that's going on on the Oscars. Deliver the superheroes, please. With pepperoni on the side. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. Look, I'm even wearing my Avengers infinity war Marvel studio shirt today to be in the spirit Yes, I did the occasional boob grab. You're freaking welcome. You can thank me later. 
because I poke fun of it. And look, I'm not even the biggest superhero person, but I have to tell you, when I watched this trailer the other day, I literally had chills. I had chills. You know, it takes a lot for my savagery to feel something from a trailer. No, I'm just kidding, kind of. But I literally had chills. It's called Marvel Studios Celebrates the Movie. And I was like, oh my God. Like I literally was watching it and I was like, I can't wait. Meanwhile, I'm the worst effing Marvel trivia person ever. Someone asked me before this episode, they're like, who's your favorite character? I'm like, you know, the guy who was the man of the one, like I've only seen a handful of Marvel movies, but meanwhile, I've interviewed all the stars. It's fine. Just don't expose me, even though I just did. So I get it. Like I get the hype. I watched it and I was like, damn, I could really use this escape right now. This escape from the dread, right? And already this just came out a couple of days ago. It already has 5.5 million views, this trailer to show, like it's a little slate. If you're like, what the hell Taylor are you cackling about? It's a preview of Marvel does their things in phases, right? Their release of projects and it's this it's phase four. So it's like between the next year to two years, there are movies that are coming out and some they even revealed like the titles and the sequels and little clips, et cetera, et cetera, okay? And I get the excitement of it all. Like I've ragged on Disney before just because like everyone in the energy, so Disney owns Marvel. They all, it's like a big incestual West Virginia party, right? Like Marvel, Lucasfilm, Disney, you name it. Your local high school, like student film project, Disney owns that. And I've ragged on them before because like anyone who is in the industry knows that ABC is savage, okay? I'm talking from The Bachelor, Chris Harrison Gate. I'm talking from The Bachelor to literally Mulan. Okay. They pull no punches in that pitch, even though their marketing portrays otherwise. But I will say, there, whether it be trailers like this and these big blockbuster films, like they do provide that escape. No joke. I've covered so many. Like I've covered the Black Panther premiere. I've covered, oh God beyond so many infinity wars junket hence where i got this and the time i talked to chris pratt about when he farted in the bathroom right before i sat down with him do you remember i was going to show you the clip in this app but i played it recently in my uh, ghost of cancels past episode because i feel like that would get canceled today by the way please because they'd be like taylor how dare you talk to chris pat pratt about his bowel movements that is between him and his intestines only but i get it like it is such a spectacle and larger than life you know me like i'm not even a big fan girl um i like would send vials of my blood to stevie nicks which you know but even when i did that infinity war junket when i got this um there we go again for you I remember sitting in the hall before I went in to talk to Chris Pratt and it was my eyes like didn't know where to look first. First, I would see like Tom Holland just like walking right in front of me. Then it would be Chadwick. May he rest in peace. It literally you're like, what the hell? It's like a carnival for the eyes. And speaking of carnival, I even covered the Toy Story 4 premiere and they put a literal carnival like so extra, but I'm not even mad. Again, the escapism in the middle of Hollywood Boulevard, like so extra in all the right ways. I even covered D23 twice, which is like the Disney version of um, Comic-Con. And it is, I'm not going to lie. I'm not trying to be a little fangirl, but it's so larger than life. Like you hear the fans like fucking melting down, crying at the sight of a new trailer or this or that. And then behind the scenes, like you literally would think it was like the Super Bowl had sex with 
JLo stripper pole. <laughs> that is D23 when you're in the audience. And then when you're backstage, again, it's like, it's just one thing after the next. Like it's such a spectacle larger than life. Like I remember one time I watched Robert Downey Jr. They put their thing, like their hands in um, kind of like the Chinese theater, like in cement, right? To monument the moment. And he's sitting like, as far as I am from you right now in spirit, like I'm sitting right there. And he's got the iconic sunglasses, kind of shooting the shit with reporters, does his little hand thing. Next thing I know, it's Christina Aguilera. And I'm like doing a rendition of Jeannie in a bottle. She wants nothing to do with me, right? I interviewed Angelina Jolie for the first time at D23 about Eternals, kind of. We're going to get to that woke situation. And it is, it's just so like great and like this whole fantastical world. Are they ruining it with wokeness though? Are they ruining it with wokeness? Now, as I get into this portion of the app, excuse me while I strip. Sorry, it has to happen. I like to put on a show. Oh, 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 now we're, ah, much better. Now we're talking. Okay. Got the cancel me baby shirt on. And now we're ready to have the real talk. So how woke is MCU? for and how woke is it going to go so here's the thing in this trailer they even say this is where it's like the audacity because it says I'm going to pull it up on the can on the screen right now we go to escape right white letters on a black wall to get lost in a story is another screen grab 37 seconds into the trailer and you have like the dramatic sounds and if you're a fanboy you've already creamed your pants twice like it is a moment right And I feel like this is false advertising because yes, like I laid out aforementioned, it is supposed to be a chance for us to get lost in a story and escape. That that does not mean forced wokeism. It is just the opposite. Because like I said, we already are having it on our minds on high alert. Like what kind of, are they going to make sure they have all their ducks in a row, right? They're going to have one Brown person, one lesbian, one person with a pinky, one black person, one Asian. And it just doesn't feel genuine. I've said it before. It feels like they are checking off a list. So you may ask how woke is it? Well, let's see. Here are just some examples from the slate and the lineup that kind of caught my eye. The Eternals, right? This is the one that Angelina Jolie was in, which is why I interviewed her at D23. I actually talked to her about her kids. I don't know if you guys wanted to know this detail, but I asked her about her kids because one of her sons just went to college. And Angelina Jolie is a boss. I just want to say this because most celebrities have their publicists swinging from their shoulders, like literally yesing and knowing everything they can say. And Angelina Jolie, the most famous, the most at risk, because her personal life is all out there, is the one, what a twist, who is like, okay, to the publicist, like back sitting on the ground, like her dog is like, I got this. And I will only call you to me if I should need like boss. Okay. Handled everything like a boss was great talking to me about her son and how sad she was with him going to college mom moment, soccer, mom dropped the soccer. So she's in the Eternals along with Salma Hayek, who I also interviewed at D23 and her infamous boobs. Here's the thing. So in the movie, Salma Hayek is going to be replacing um, an iconic male character from the comics. Uh, We have the Walking Dead star, Lauren Ridloff, who's deaf, uh, playing a character. 
And we're also going to have the first gay couple, an on-screen gay kiss by one of the characters uh, played by Brian Tyree Henry. Okay. So this is what I mean with the checklist. And I think that this is why Marvel fans get pissed because they're like, why don't you guys just create new characters? Like create, create a deaf character, create a woman doing this. Like, but it's like, why are you guys, they're purposely like replacing these iconic comic book characters with now like someone who is purple, someone who's an alien, someone who's this, someone who's that. And it's just so obvious. It's so obvious. Are you guys trying to give us a place to escape to Or are you trying to make a social point with a goddamn superhero movie? Okay, let it be a superhero movie. Fun fact, none of this shit is real, remotely real. Like, I'm sorry, does your neighbor Joe turn into a big green monster when he gets pissed? Uh, I'm sorry, hello? Does your other neighbor walk around with a mask on his head with a star on it and a big fat shield? to catch your attention, just walking to get his mail. No, it's not supposed to be real. Stop. But this is the thing. They like pride themselves on it. Like when I was doing research, even for this app, I saw so many quotes from like high up execs at Disney's who will be like, you know, we're trying to represent the world around us. It's always like the same verbiage. It's like, we're representing the world around us, blah, blah, blah. And I'm not knocking. Like, I love that Lauren Ridloff is deaf and like, she has this prominent role in a movie. I'm I'm never going to be like, don't give the deaf girl a movie, a movie role. Like, of course, but you guys are doing a lot to make a social point all the time. And the fans, the fans, like they don't want it. Okay. Here's another example. Captain Marvel 2. So Captain Marvel, again, female superhero-led movie played by Brie Larson. This is a sequel called The Marvels. And I'm going to show you a tweet by someone who is stoked by the wokeness. And it says, the Marvels will be led by an all-female superhero trio, female villain, woman directing, majority of them women of color. Y'all don't understand how big this is, right? And here are some screen grabs of like, the cast, crew, right? All women of color except for Brie Larson. Here we go again. It's like, I'm not knocking it. And I think whoever is best for the role, whether it be in front of the camera or behind the camera, should snatch it, snatch that shit. But it feels to me like they're filling a quota, right? And yet again, I'm going to say it. Sorry, in superhero world, you have no business. Stick to flying around and showing us your superpowers and blow shit up, okay? We literally don't want to think right now about anything. You guys are trying too hard. We don't want to think, okay? Here's another example, right? We got Shang-Chi and the Legend of Ten Rings. So this is going to be based around like Chinese culture, right? So it's like, like I said, you got a little of everything. You got a little of everything in there, you know? And I'm sure that's going to really quick, we don't know that much about it, but I'm sure it's going to make some social statement because they're saying it's going to have parallels potentially to Falcon and Winter Soldier, which I'm going to talk about in a minute, but that's more of a black white uh, issue in that series. And this is going to be, I think the same kind of thing, but with uh, Chinese culture trying to adapt to like American culture, that kind of thing. That's what they're thinking. So like, there's going to be some of that in there. We don't know how heavy or how much, but like, oh my God, just do the Kung Fu and like dazzle, bedazzle us with your swordsmanship. All right. 
And last one that I have on the top of my mind is Thor, Love, and Thunder. And this is going to be with Natalie Portman, where she will reportedly be the first female Thor, right? And again, it's like, okay, like just create a new thing or like, I don't know. It's like, they're flipping everything on its head. And part of me is like, is this the ultimate, like not being creative? Is this just like the lazy way of being like, oh, we're going to make the woke happy. So we're going to do this. I mean, again, I know that this isn't Marvel. This is DC, but they're talking about doing the first black Superman um, with potentially Michael B. Jordan, which like no one, no one with eyeballs and estrogen is going to deny that nobody is going to boycott that but I'm just saying it's like now instead of like I don't know thinking outside the box with new stories they're like let's plop a woman in here let's plop an Asian in here let's plop a black person in here and then it just makes us be like oh my god guys you lost me at the poster get with it not in like a mean way. I'm just saying it's like all the virtue signaling is literally like it has no place, no place in a superhero fictional comic world. They shouldn't even be colors. Make all the superheroes green, blue, purple for crying out loud, okay? And so this doesn't have to do necessarily with the MC4 rollout, but I want to give you a little taste of what's been going on in case you missed this. Like if you're not as well-versed in the Marvel universe, um, the comics, did you guys hear of this? The new warriors that came out in last spring guys brace yourselves. Okay. Cause you are just not going to be having this shit. So, so lo and behold, it's these comics that is woke, like to the max, Never mind for freaking Marvel. Okay. And it was written by a writer of the late show with Stephen Colbert, which like, are we surprised? Because all the late night hosts, hosts are so unoriginal and jerk off to each other and themselves. So whatever, that's not surprising. So here's the thing. <laughs> they created new characters. I will say they're new of the new warriors. Um, one of them was named Snowflake and the other Safe Space. Okay. And the writer basically what they're both non-binary, this, that, the other thing. And the writer specifically says, like, I was trying to take these like derogatory terms and kind of like flip them on their head and show them in a positive. And everyone's like, bruh, why are you choosing to do this in a Marvel comic? Cut it out. And I'm going to show you on a, uh, a couple comments, but this sums it up. There's only two, but you get the gist on a post about this, right? What an absolute mess with a crying face, pure liberal garbage. Sorry, sorry, Woke, you're taking the brunt for this one. Sorry, not sorry, yet again. And it's like, why, why? Just why? No business, okay? And you can even tell like the fans are like, are you joking on the trailer for this? Guys, this is embarrassing. It has 7,000 thumbs up and 284,000 thumbs down. And I feel like this, um, this quote in a blog post about it sums it up really well. It says how like comics, uh, used to be and superhero movies used to be when they weren't always trying to prove a social point. Um, they prove that a character's superficial characteristic race, gender, sexuality didn't matter. It was their personalities, their values, their choices, their abilities that mattered. 
And that's how I feel so many of us feel. It's like, just get to the story. Get to the story, okay? Stop it. Like, stop trying to be Gloria Steinem and Malcolm X's love child reincarnated in a freaking superhero movie. Enough. <laughs> so even on the MCU4 trailer, people were writing like, oh God, oh, it's a little woke. It's a little... Let's see. Let's give it, I don't know. Let's see. Let's see. But even like what I kind of laid out and what we know so far, like they're going for it because they think it's what people want. They're like, you know, again, trying to show the world around us. So what's the balance? What is the balance? Like how woke is too woke? Will woke make them go broke? I don't know the numbers. I even try to look at the numbers for the new Warriors Warriors comic with Snowflake and Snowball and whatever the fuck. And I couldn't find it probably because like, I don't even know. They're in like the depths of the world, like Jumanji, but who, cause again, who's going to read that for escapism? Like, give me a name. So here's how I feel like with the balance, right? So I was talking with my friend about Falcon and Winter Soldier, and this is where it's like, is it where it's, you're, you're laying in little breadcrumbs, you're laying down little breadcrumbs, right? And you're getting the commentary in and you're getting it and it's pointed and it's good until it's not right. So in the case of Falcon and Winter Soldier, it, it was kind of in the backdrop of what's going on in today's America, like a lot of racial tensions. You have Falcon who's positioned to be the first black winter soldier, right? And there's a lot of this, like, why would you want to be, you know, saving these racist assholes in this world? And And there's a lot of funny, like quip, like witty banter in terms of like racial um, jokes and stuff between the black guy and the white guy, right? The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And then like the more you get into it in the end, it's like they push it so hard that it's like, okay, like now it's like a little much, you know what I mean? So like, I feel like a contrast to this, right? Was Black Panther because Black Panther to me, I watched it on a plane and I was crying like a baby bitch. Okay. To me, Black Panther felt like super, just like about black excellence. It wasn't apologetic. It wasn't what was me. It was so like, this is who we are, like black power, such a like great, um, powerful story, you know, about legacy and carrying that on. And I'm not kidding. Like this is the, the stewardess was like, girl, you're good. Okay. We're about to land get your shit together. I loved it. Like to me, that didn't feel preachy. It didn't feel like shoving something down your throat. Another example, uh, I'm going to bring it back and I know it's not Marvel, but it's still superhero was Wonder Woman, right? Like I love, don't even, we're not even going to talk about Wonder Woman 84, except for in the intro. Cause that shit was straight trash. I'm sorry. But Wonder Woman, I really, let's why I compare it kind of with Falcon because it had like little digs at the patriarchy and women equality with Diana. Cause she's from like, she's, you know, an Amazon. So she comes into like the 1920s and she's like, what's this garbage. So even like funny little, cause she comes, if you haven't watched it, she comes from an Island where it's like actually all women, like how do they survive without the dick? I don't know, but she goes and she sees like, she'll make little funny comments throughout the movie that are like, why are there no women in this business meeting? I don't understand. You know what I mean? And it's funny because it's like laced throughout, you know, but at the end, it's never forced in your face so much where she's like, see, 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 I did it. And men are incompetent and you guys suck and you need women. No, it wasn't like that. It was like just enough to get it through to the point where it wasn't like badgering on her head. You know what I mean? Like Pensatucky fell. <laughs> That's where I feel it is 
like the sweet spot. And funny enough, I feel like it actually parallels to my last episode on body image, right? Because I talk about in the end, like when we see these women say making a social statement with their body, right? On like trying to make a whole big stink on Instagram being like, look at guys, it's my cellulite. Look, it's my stretch marks. Like to me, it's so much more impactful and says so much more when I just see it. I just see it for what it is. You know what I mean? I see a girl cellulite. I see her posing with her stretch marks and she doesn't have a five paragraph essay being like, look guys, CC, okay, I'm showing them and let's talk about it now. No, they're just there. And I can appreciate that so much more. I feel like when you, when you try, and that relates to this, right? When you try to like force it and draw attention and like make something of it on purpose and be like, see guys, see, versus just like laying it out, maybe subtly, maybe not a little bit here and there. And you get your point across because we are especially in a time where we're so hyper aware of everything trying to be a message or a point that we just zone out and we just check out whether it be a Marvel movie or someone like twerking with their assholes and they're, I don't know, whatever on Instagram being like, look, look, look into the crevice of my anus, you know, look, look at this social message. It doesn't carry as much weight because now we're zoned out. We're kind of like expecting it. It doesn't really have the impact. If you were to just like, just kind of like lay it out in a little way, maybe subtle and just do it, you know, just do it. And I also want to say before I close that the irony is here how Disney or Marvel, sorry, is so like trying to be progressive and whatnot, even though they should just be concerned with laser vision. Okay. They cancel, this is just a brief side note. They cancel people in real life, their own employees who try to like have a different thought or an actual like progressive thought. Right. So like Letitia Wright being canceled and taken off social media because of reposting and questioning and asking questions about the vaccine. Then you had Gina Carano who went into the dungeon of the Mandalorian because she posted what she posted. I'm not going to get into it. I've talked about it many times before, but that's like the twist. It's like, Got it. So like you can do it on screen all day long. And then if God forbid, one of your actors has an actual opinion about something, then they're cut off. So that's where it's like your priorities. They're a little crazy. So overall though, I think that they need to really like check themselves. They do. There's a time and a place. There's a time and a place for a social message. There's a time, you know, even if it is for the Oscars, no one watches, sorry. Maybe like, again, read the room, read the theater. We are so burnt out. We don't want to be convinced. We're trying to escape like you promised on your trailer. All right. We're not trying to be consumed with all of this heavy, depressing shit right now. Bring the funny, let us escape. I'm going to end with this quote from a blog. Okay. And it said, MCU will suffer because of this forced agenda, because the story will suffer. Okay forced. I totally agree. Forced isn't cute. It's not cute unless it's Thor trying to force himself on me. Okay. Me too. Sorry. It ain't cute. So I don't know, Marvel. We're excited. Clearly we want to see it, bring the superhero, but listen, if you go too woke, honey, 
I hate to say it, you're going to go broke. And who's going to save you then? 